Hello and welcome to the Bravo Outsider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Midwinter. And this week, joining me, as always, is my co-host, Dylan Ferguson. Dylan, how's it going? Oh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Another wet, sobbing, drizzly day here in Quebec, which is making everybody happy because it's killing the wildfires. Oh, yeah, for Except sure. Except for the wildfires. They're really pissed off right now. <laughs> yes, uh, I've just been seeing like all over social media people bitching in, in New York uh, mostly about how bad the air is yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous we had that a few we had that like four days ago and they're they're obsessed with it it's every every time i see somebody <laughs> posting that like oh the air i breathe is damaging to my health it's like wow rent free yeah. you're yeah. obsessed with us <laughs> get over yourselves jesus chris uh so this week our outsider that we had booked unfortunately was unable to make it but it's far outside yeah, <laughs> we've got so much to cover this week, uh, so let's let's just dive right into it. Uh, Dylan, what episode was the most compelling to you? Where do you want to start? Oh, man, that's hard to say. I, I think um, I got to say the one that entertained me the most was probably the New Jersey reunion. It was this was yeah. a, a bunch of fun. Um, it, in contrast to the Vanderpump reunion, which we just talked about yesterday, uh, wrapping up our special episodes on the Vanderpump reunions, which was like a, a really interesting episode, but I, like I mentioned, I thought was like very stressful and harsh because of how, like yeah, how extremely, heavy. uh, cruel it could be at times. And don't get me wrong. The Jersey reunion has, has enough cruelty. There's definitely a lot of meanness there. A lot of people <laughs> try to hurt each other. It's just like a lot funnier to me like this was a funny wild reunion episode it was like an old school like gloves off just like yapping at each other kind of episode and uh, there was a lot going on i thought it was pretty fun yeah i i think the the big contrast between the jersey reunion and vanderpump rules reunion is you know on jersey everyone had kind of like an equal footing like no yeah. one had this like moral high ground that they were able to like sit atop of and you know punch down from so mm -hmm. um it made for a lot more of a fun sparring match to watch yeah for sure um it's definitely a sparring match was definitely expecting um after round one where I think I said that I thought like actually Melissa kind of came up on top in round one because yeah. I thought she was kind of like sticking to her story like confidently and clearly and landed some blows uh, that way. I totally expected round two to start off with Teresa after having, you know, sat in her corner for a minute, spit out a couple teeth to get back up and, uh, and, <laughs> and Melissa to absorb some damage. I didn't expect Melissa to immediately whiff an attempted knockout punch so badly that she like spins around, flips over the ropes and <laughs> smashes through the broadcaster's table. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm referring to her decision to read out loud that text message. That's just like a bunch oh, of yeah. petty insults against Teresa that has nothing to do with anything, but it's just like mean insults. And, and uh, it was just such a bad look for her. And it was just such like an own goal. She didn't have to do that. It didn't like bolster her position at all. And uh, Melissa's um, path to winning here, which I think she was playing that script well in part one, is to seem as like calm and reasonable as possible so that Teresa looks like the unhinged, vindictive, conspiratorial one. And yeah. she, she just surrendered so much of that potential high ground by stooping to just reading out a bunch of insults. And uh, and when even Dolores is sitting there and saying like you're going down or something uh, for yeah, this sleep with one eye open sleep with one eye open <laughs> right that was ah <laughs> oh, man you know when you live in New Jersey and people are saying that that's yeah. like that's <laughs> that worse feels, than being called a rat <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's 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 it sounds like literal threats uh, and <laughs> and um, uh, she brought that on herself man she didn't have to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like she was maybe trying, you know, there's kind of this trope of having uh, housewives like bring out receipts and having like being able to make a moment by bringing out receipts. And that seemed like what she was going for. And yeah, it fell so flat and gave us a really great moment where, like you said, uh, Dolores was like, 
yeah, sleep with one eye open. This is a like a bad look for you. Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't like she wasn't giving receipts in the sense of just being like, oh, this contradicts your version of events. No, it's just like, here's some mean things somebody else said. Yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't, this isn't helping you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, you know, in the battle of Teresa versus Melissa, this was a bit more even footing. Because like you, I thought that Melissa kind of came out on top in round one. Um, and... I, I feel like if it weren't for this moment kind of falling as flat as it did, I would say that Melissa still looked like she was coming out on top. But um, yeah, this this really was not a, a great look. Yeah. But otherwise, their squabbling was just like really hilarious to me. And I loved the way that they have of, of arguing where they'll just like pick up on a word that somebody says and just keep tossing it back and forth like they're yeah. playing a game of tennis with it, <laughs> even if what they're saying makes no fucking sense at all. You know, You're like, weak. Uh, yeah, yeah, weak, weak. Or <laughs> like, namaste, your asshole and stuff. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd like to demaste my asshole. Yeah, you would demaste your asshole. If I had to demaste it, I'd stick it right up my ass. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? It's such an insane way to to converse or to conversate. <laughs> Which, again, by the way, is a word. I, I, I'm yeah. glad that, that we finally get some resolution on that. You pointing out conversate is a word. And, and I like um, um, Marge's reaction where she's like, yeah, it, it, but the, it, it's in the dictionary. They put it in after. They put it in after what, Margaret? <laughs> after people started using it? That's how a dictionary works. That's what it does. <laughs> of course, Margaret's a prescriptivist. <laughs> but also, like, if if she is kind of putting out there that Danielle is responsible for getting this word in the dictionary. Like, why <laughs> would she be she ashamed was... of that? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure that's what she was applying, but if she, if she was, that'd be hilarious because yeah, that would be, a, that would, that'd be amazing. That would be like if the, the citation was like the coinage was like a Danielle coinage. That's the origin that's uh, that's cited in the Oxford English dictionary. <laughs> what other highlights did you have from this? Um, yeah, mostly this the sniping back and forth and repeating words. It was was so good. Oh, I did like the little bit where uh, Jen Aiden. Um, I'm going to say reveals because she didn't deny it uh, that Rachel, despite uh, pretending that she never really watched the show, used to operate a social media account with the handle Bravo Lover One Two Three Four. It's just <laughs> that was just funny to me. Um, yeah, and then later when Andy's doing the questions from Twitter, she gets a real softball like layup question yeah. from an account Bravo Baby One Two Three, which is strikingly totally similar to her yeah, bank account. Absolutely, her. We've got to figure out how many of these like random uh, bravo bunch of numbers accounts are just rachel fuda <laughs> have you heard that like dead internet theory where um the the bulk of the conversation and uh things that are on the internet are from bots and dead people no oh, okay well i think we need to augment this theory and say that you know, a portion of that is from housewife bots yeah. and Finstas. <laughs> bots, dead people, and Rachel Fuda. That's yeah. where most of the, the content <laughs> is coming from the Bravo sphere. <laughs> Every time somebody puts like a negative comment on one of her posts now, I'm gonna reply like, okay, Rachel Fuda, we know it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Jed was doing good too. Jed was really, really entertaining to me. Uh, uh, Jennifer Aiden with uh, yeah, um, going after uh, calling Margaret a pot puss woman and yeah, and, 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 and old, not in a numerical sense, but old in a more meaningful sense somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and then uh, Margaret accuses Jed of like hijacking the whole season with this info info uh, like plot line about the uh, the bit of information that she was disseminating, even though apparently everybody knew it except for Danielle. It turns out, and like, yeah, she fucking did. That's like good housecraft. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, she played the game. She played you. Like she she yes, she hijacked the season. That's that's a show of good strategy. Yeah. But still it's Teresa's fault, by the way. Oh yeah, still. <laughs> <Teresa>. Yeah. <laughs> and also when Jen like really uh, 
uh, defends Bill and like gives this like whole lengthy explanation of like why Bill spends so much time in the pool room. And he's like, you know, he te- he explained to me like how all day at work he's talking so much. And when he gets home, he just feels like this. And she goes on and on, explaining like this, this this whole like really reasonable explanation that Bill allegedly gave her. And it's like she just put more words in Bill's mouth that have come out of Bill's mouth like all year long. Like there's <laughs> no way he said like five percent of that. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Bill's on camera, he's like, "Yeah, I don't know." Okay. And then Jed's like, "Oh yeah, he explained it to me really well. Let me recite the eloquent paragraph." Like just sure yeah. thing, Jed. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically about highlights. That plus you know the, the the hints about Dark Louis emergence, which are just going to make it better. And the way he's walking around, pacing, shirtless, grinning like the Joker, eating hot Cheetos backstage. Is, yeah, his is entrance so promising. Was- insane so we <laughs> yeah. got a clip of him like just even coming up in the car he's got his head like hanging out the window like a dog yeah like, or like Heath Ledger's <laughs> Joker I'm gonna keep yeah. making that comparison yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah very dog like tongue hanging out drool flapping in the wind <laughs> and I love that like directly before the commercial break before we go backstage and see like topless Louie, we've got this dialogue about how much uh, Teresa likes Magic Mike. Or Channing Damon. Channing Damon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, talking about Magic Mike. And then, oh, here we go. Here's uh, Magic Louie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is pretty fit, though. Look, you know, he's got a pretty good, he's a pretty shapely torso. And and also looks fucking insane and ready to ready to go, ready to brawl. So that's, that's going to be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked when Frank was uh, warning Joe not to, like, get physical with Louis because Louis would probably kick his ass more so than Joe Judice. And you know what? I feel like that would be a pretty like close matchup between Joe and Louis. Yeah, uh, it might come down to how much shit Louis put up his nose that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, with a bit of luck, we'll see. I don't yeah. think so. They would have teased it already, but but. Um, but it's that's why great. they need to come back everyone needs to come back next season no absolutely everyone needs to come back and they need to just live in a cage together for a full season they did that with um on a season of summer house during covid uh they did a f- season where everyone was quarantined in the same house together N- need something like that for jersey for sure where they they can't escape each other <laughs> yeah uh, just make it like that Boonwell movie where it's like you mysteriously can't leave the room and then, then nobody explains why. <laughs> there should be a surrealist uh, housewife's show. Right? Just like the rules of reality just like slowly get broken. <laughs> yeah, that that's basically my highlights for that one. But tons of fun. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of fun watching this as well. There was a, another thing that kind of struck me was this like hack that is apparently going around where right. uh, people are like texting and calling each other or spoofing housewife numbers and, and calling each other. I am very curious as to how that happened like someone out there has uh, an address book that has all these housewife numbers and they're using yeah. it for what purpose or somebody sold that... it to somebody right like somebody sold that information to to somebody yeah the fact that they're calling each other or that they're calling you know one housewife to another using a a spoofed housewife number is really um it seems targeted like mm-hmm. you know i i whenever i get like those scammy phone calls it's always from like a spoofed local number that i don't know but the fact that it's an actual number for another housewife or andy cohen that is going back and forth something seems like it is going on there that is specifically targeted and i wonder if we'll see something like that play out on one of these series like someone's responsible for this, I feel. Like. Yeah. Someone in the Bravo universe is responsible for this. Yeah. And I don't really blame people for blaming Louis for everything because he does feel like he is like capable of just about anything. <laughs> like <laughs> you feel like this guy's just such a, a wild card, just just such a joker in the deck. You know, like it's like yeah, you, you feel like he could be like just like. Uh, a, a guy who just like likes to talk shit and like blow himself up but like never does anything or he could be somebody who's like literally into like nefarious 
shit and has like underworld connections i feel like it can go either way like you just don't you can't read this guy he's he's like so uh yeah so hard to figure out yeah and there's enough people that are you know raising flags being like well louis contacted me at my at my job and louis you know contacted my my kids you know there's enough smoke that the air quality in New York and New Jersey is. <laughs> <laughs> that just happened because he took a shirt off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on to uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, I thought that this was a pretty fun episode, or at least it started really fun and ended really fun for me. Uh, middle kind of dragged a bit. Um, but what what highlights did you have? Well, if if Louis was the Joker in uh, New Jersey, I'm glad that we get the Riddler in this one with Munietta's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a Batman villain at each show. Um, <laughs> strong luck, though. But yeah, you know, she looked like she was going to start leaving sinister hints around Gotham. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is pretty fun. Um, I think. Um, I think Kenya was really mean to Sonia. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. Because she didn't really do anything, Sonia. And she was, like, trying to be pretty conciliatory over the phone. And I think it's worth pointing out that she clearly, like, made an effort to be there when she was, like, booked with something else. I can't remember. She had some broadcasting thing or something. And she said yeah, that was going to be really time. tight for her to, like, go there and then go to the other thing. Uh, you know, she could have just not went. Like, Candy just didn't went because she had another event going on. The Ebony Power 100. <laughs> and... <laughs> and and, um, and and she made it like she clearly made an effort to be there for Kenya's yeah. thing, and then for Kenya to react by being like, "Well, just don't come back." Then it's like, "Well, what, what the hell did she do?" She was actually yeah. trying to be supportive. She wasn't the one fucking trying to kick your door down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. I'm I'm pretty sure that was that was uh, that was all Marlo with a bit of help from Cherie too. Yeah, <laughs> Cherie who like was adamant that it wasn't her the knocking was not done by her yeah <laughs> she didn't kick she insists and then of course we got the got the receipts <laughs> of her kicking <laughs> it's just like I, I don't know if i've i've said it before but really got to give a huge shout out to the editors of the atlanta series i feel like they have more fun than the editors on any other series like they do yeah. so much fun shit on in, in the edit and my favorite little moment i think and this one was just when they do like uh, when they do Kenya's introduction, you know, like the little green screen animation thing. And instead of having the music, they just like play her coughing over it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just appears on screen with her smiling and her arms crossed, and you just, the audio is just <laughs> <laughs> really, really made me laugh. <laughs> uh, also, Candy's place is fucking wild, man. What a weird place she has. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. She's got like a smilodon skull with like gold teeth. Uh, there's like splatter paintings with like these fucking Versailles frames, like insanely <laughs> ornate frames for like minimalist modern art. It's and uh, and pink everywhere. Have you ever um seen photos of the Adams family set? Like, I mean, the original Adams family show, the black and white show. You ever seen photos of the oh, set? Oh, yeah, in color? The yeah. that are in color? Yeah. Because in color, it was like a full of pink. It's like a bunch yeah. of like weird, gruesome artifacts, but it's all pink, and it's great. It looks it looks amazing. That's literally what Candy lives in. She lives in the yeah. Adams family <laughs> set. <laughs> We're going to have to uh, try to edit some, uh, some clips together and see how it looks when it is done in black and white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I feel like this episode was a long time ago, though. Uh, things move fast. Um, I don't know. What were your highlights of this one? Yeah, I think this opening scene or sequence that takes place outside the hotel room and in the lobby was a lot of fun for me. I really liked the back and forth between Marlo and Maniata, both uh, on location and in the uh, the confessionals. I thought there were lots of great lines. Yeah. Uh, I, I particularly like the only person I let slam doors on me is Jesus. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But I, I like it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, again, the editors had a lot of fun with Marlo's confessional, where she says uh, that bitch opened the door like looking like a damn demon, and then we get that clip <laughs> with the, the like the glowing eyes. Very yeah. good. <laughs> um. 
Marlo being like, oh, Moneta kisses more ass than Kenya eats was really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, another one she had was Kenya's trying to go from uh, Keonse to Kiana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really, really great confessionals and dialogue that happened in, in that scene. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, one particularly notable scene was the scene between Mama Joyce and Candy, uh, where Candy kind of confronts her mom about the the comments that she continuously makes about Todd at BravoCon. Um, I thought Candy did a just a great job of defending Todd and their relationship against against her mother. And um, I don't know. I just thought that that was a really like uh, a real moment and kind of captured um, a lot of authenticity and uh, really was an encapsulation of Candy's character that I I just really appreciated it yeah yeah she handled it well she didn't step back but didn't like turn into a fight either yeah um yeah definitely handled it well and you know what that like clinic they went to at the end was i the only one who found that really fucking creepy like yeah no i was yeah that's that's another highlight that i've got written down i just i love when housewives do like weird (laughs) like weird shit that you don't even know exists in the world like pseudo medical treatments yeah, go to a strip mall and get an IV. Yeah, in a place that looks like it's been open for one week. Uh, and it's probably going to be closed in one week. <laughs> yeah. Just like bare walls, literally IV bags just hanging from the ceiling with like these like new like recliner chairs in a, in a row. Uh, you know, just no like markings anywhere. <laughs> yeah, very like thrown together and, and temporary. We had in Winnipeg here a uh, magic mushroom dispensary open up and it was open <laughs> for about a week before it got shut down and that's what I imagine the vibe would have been like very like put together and temporary you know we we're gonna have to like peace out of here soon as soon as we run out of iv bags that have fallen off the back of a truck <laughs> as, as soon as the health authorities get at our trail that's what they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna get <laughs> yeah that was uh, like that was like a horror movie set that was some weird creepy shit it was kind of a, like a liminal clinic doing who knows what just yeah. clear IV bags <laughs> hanging from the ceiling, man. While they're talking too, just such a weird set to be talking. Yeah, the, the like the, the clear tr- cords are just dangling in front of their faces while they're discussing. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to next week, and I really liked how they cut together the build up for next week's episode, contrasting this conversation that they have like about like being forgiving and peaceful and it's intercut with this massive blow up that's coming three days from now. I thought that that was really good. It looks like it's going to be set at a place that um, is very like visually interesting to look at it. I saw like black light and um, uh, I, I tried to Google what this, this place was and it sounds like the activity that they're going to do involves like it's kind of like an Laser escape tag. room oh. no but <laughs> more fun probably it's it seems like an escape room which doesn't sound like it's more fun than laser tag but the like the gimmick is you're you're trying to beat the clock trying to like solve this combination in time but if you don't it's a giant like paintball explosion that that blows up oh what yeah so <laughs> that's uh that's something that i'm very much looking forward to seeing go down hopefully yeah how diplomatic um, would it be if they got it and the, then there was no paint explosion yeah <laughs> that'd be really yeah. disappointing <laughs> yeah they need to throw some red herrings in there for the housewives yeah. specifically <laughs> i hope i think that it. there are some cities that probably would not be able to get it but i feel like atlanta would be able to get it like there's some really smart housewives on, on yeah. this roster so yeah i think the 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 average intelligence is a little higher on atlanta than it is on some of these shows i mean including we've got probably a, the next one we're going to talk about <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well we've got like a brilliant scientific mind like sheree as we saw her brilliant scientific test of the door slamming on itself <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Scientific theory in action. Also, uh, Cherie just tried to steal her gynecologist joke, by the way. 
Remember, she was like, she was like, oh, turns out I'm pregnant. No, I'm not. I'm like, yeah, you just got the idea from your gynecologist who made that joke, but like did it like much better than you did. Did you think they were going to include that in the edit? That's why you thought she could get away with stealing it? No, of course they're going to include her original joke. It landed. It landed with Kenya. Like she loved it. Sure. Yeah. Kenya's an easy audience, though. Kenya cracks herself up by like just by by saying hello. Like she's. She's quick to laugh. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I feel like we need to talk about during this episode is Kenya's medical emergency, uh, whatever that that was. I, I found that really entertaining. You know, I love it when a housewife just dramatically has some sort of like medical emergency that is clearly not serious, but they need to like get the local ambulance out. And, you know, Marlo leads a prayer circle. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers for her in this difficult yeah. time. Uh, housewives, I think, have the same like physical constitution as like the heroines of Victorian English novels. <laughs> you know, if something gets a little too shocking or stressful, they're liable to just collapse, and you have to call the local country doctor over, and then you need to take the vapors and get sent to like uh, the south of France or something to recuperate. It's, <laughs> they're 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 very delicate beings, uh, Victorian heroines and housewives. They just a little too much emotional stress, and it's a medical emergency. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it like kind of spoke to how big of a deal Kenya actually thought this was and a, like a real contrast towards, you know, how big of a deal the rest of the, the cast thought this was that she got herself so worked up about doing this halftime show that she yeah. ended up having a panic attack and not being able to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what? I kind of get it. Like, I don't want to be too, too harsh to her because you know what? She's clearly been thinking about this for a long time. She's like really been like uh, looking forward to this a lot. It's like, it means a lot to her and she wants to have like the whole crew down with her and the crew's like turning against her. Like I get why she's like fucking stressed out right now. Like that kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you don't have to waste EMT's time for that, but I get why she's stressed out. (laughs) But then then Marlo sends like she's like, oh, I called the hospital to send flowers, which obviously she was informed by producer that Kenya had like checked out. And she's like, yeah, she checked out already. She's not she's not there. Uh, so yeah. uh, it obviously was not too serious. It seemed yeah. like just a like a, an excuse to uh, to peace out. No, it was it was just housewifeitis. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what all I've got for Real Housewives of Atlanta. Did you have anything else? Not about it. I think we might have a little bit more to chew on uh, next episode. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, Real Housewives of Orange County premiered this week, and it's the return of Tamra, which is something I was very excited about because, I mean, I think everyone has an opinion on Tamra, and um, whether you love her or hate her, I feel like it's undeniable that she is one of the best to ever play the game and at the very least she was like a game-changing housewife because she really defined what it meant to be a housewife so seeing her come back is just a uh, a breath of fresh air uh, before we get into it something that we want to start doing is uh, when a new series or a new season premieres we're going to go through the taglines Um, and just rank them i've seen these all the feeds that we watched didn't have these in the episode so these are going to be a surprise to you dylan Mm -hmm. um i'm going to read them out and then i want you to guess whose tagline it is and let me know what your thoughts are okay this might be a little uh, tough for me because i actually don't really know oc well i don't know most of these women okay but but Uh, i can i can guess based on what i've seen so far I think these will probably be relatively easy to guess, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, I'm going to be doing a power rankings at the same time. I'm going to power yeah. rankings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a, a bit of a gimme. I might have been on pause, but now I'm ready to play. Oh, well, I'm, that's going to be Tamara because she was away for a few seasons, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you've got a, a, a bit of a, a, a image there of like a VCR or something, but it's that's not very evocative to me. I'm giving that like a B minus. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, I agree. I and think I think that, that I, is... I think that's generous. I could easily do C plus, but I'm going to say B minus because I guess I guess there, there's a bit of imagery going on that you have to you have to squint for. Okay. Speaking of imagery, I live my life in HD, sharp, bright, and more focused than ever. That's not bad. Uh, who would that be? Um, Heather. Yeah, it is? Heather DeBrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's. Uh, that's what the HD is for, I'm assuming. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, that makes it better now that I'm thinking of it that way. Like, let's give, yeah. you know what? I'm going A. Just okay. Straight up A. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> In Orange County, I always call the shots and it's always tequila. <laughs> um, who is the biggest uh, drunk on the show? Is it Shannon, maybe? It's Shannon. You got yeah. it. Oh man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm killing these. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's not a bad one. It's kind of an obvious uh, play on words a little bit, you know. But but it's it's kind of funny. I'll give it. I'll give that an A minus. Yeah, it's no. If life gives you lemons, put nine in a bowl. That's for sure. That's <laughs> one of my favorite all time taglines from Shannon. Oh yeah, that's she will have to write the taglines if we get our surrealist housewife show off the ground because <laughs> that's so surreal. <laughs> well, how about this one? If you're gonna waste my time, at least hand me a taco. <laughs> is, I, is there a pun I'm missing? I can't see a pun in there. <laughs> um so so first of all a plus (laughs) um i uh, who uh gina no Uh, okay well uh emily then yeah okay Okay, is is she referencing something from uh, another season with the taco not as far as i know not as far as you can tell okay that makes it better perfect (laughs) (laughs) the only difference between my past and present well that's just apples and oranges (laughs) wait that's how it's phrased yep (laughs) because the, the two clauses don't really match do they Right. Like the just, only difference between my past and present, well, that's just apples and oranges. It, yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> it's like not even a well constructed sentence. Like we we haven't heard the read on it yet because it hasn't aired. I don't think, but that's what was released. Um, is that going to be Gina? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is. Because, I mean, it should be like comparing my past to my pe- present is apples and oranges, right? Like it, for it to like hang together better. Yeah. Because it's like <laughs> you didn't tell me what the only difference is. You just like switch to a different uh, a, a different <laughs> tense. Like it's it, it's uh, and that's also really weird. So, yeah, that's A plus, yeah. too. That's an A plus. That's great. <laughs> that's a brain breaker. Yeah, it, it is. It's so weird. <laughs> it's, it, it's hard to like uh, to to uh, like get that twisted up over you know like eight words or whatever so if you could like do something like really baffling in such a short amount of words you're doing great you're killing it that's a good one (laughs) okay and finally we've got the uh the rookie jennifer with my core may be strong but my resilience is stronger Hmm. that's that's kind of weak actually yeah i think that this Uh, is a very weak that's uh I'll, i'll give it a c plus all it's right. The little, the Any jostling within the the ranking now that you've heard them all? So I've got two A pluses. So otherwise the the ranking is set. But I guess I got to decide which one I like better. Um, I I think Gina's is better. It's got the extra weird factor. That's what I'm really looking for. So I give Gina an <laughs> A plus plus to yeah. to give her the first spot. <laughs> Emily's taco shit was second. Uh, Heather's like HD TV reference is in third. Then we've got. Uh, Shadens, oh Shadens again in Orange County. I always call the shots, shots and it's always, it's always tequila. tequila yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So the, then we've got that. And then at the back of the pack, Tamara's okay wood and and Jen's weak wood. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's that's a fair ranking. I think I like Emily's more. Just the uh, it's a bit more visual to me. Like there's it's there's action to the act of handing me a taco. Like sure, like yeah, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more more kinetic. Sure, sure. <laughs> there's motion lines in the frame. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on the premiere of uh, Real Housewives of Orange County? Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, pretty interesting. Like I say, this is not a series I know very well, so I'm happy to get into it more. Um, since it's a series I don't watch too much, uh, I'm immediately like interested by the setting. Uh, I really like oh, getting yeah. into a new setting when we're starting a new show. And what's what's really fascinating about this setting to me is, uh, for for one thing, it, it like it looks like shit where they are. Like it looks like just like a bunch of like strip malls and McMansions. Like the, yeah. when they do the, the, when they edit together their little montages between scenes, it looks lame as hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and but I like the um, the kind of contrast all throughout it, uh, or not, maybe, not necessarily even a contrast, but the fusion of like pretty like lowbrow middle class uh like suburban americana with like these kind of uh hollow references to great wealth like these gigantic homes and uh in which people are like unwrapping frozen pizzas yeah <laughs> uh, and uh and, you know like going through drive throughs uh and just the way that like all these like just shared cultural references seem to be like just like very very middle class americana stuff i'm not saying that like totally judgingly like but yeah. but it's like um the kind of reference of extreme wealth are are just kind of like the size of the rooms they're in and the obvious expense of the spaces they're in whereas like everything they seem to be like eating and drinking is like the same thing that's like suburban moms do all over uh the country and like like uh you know car-based suburbs and and the outskirts of tucson or whatever and it's just uh it, it, that's like really entertaining to me like the best example of that to me is when they're in heather's place and you know gina comes over and she's like oh you know she had to go through three gates to get here yeah and this <laughs> this like weird like sterile palatial mcmansion that she lives in and then she's like, I'm, I'm sending my, my assistant out to get a Starbucks order. Like, what do you want from Starbucks? <laughs> like, why don't you just have an espresso machine in your house? Like, why aren't yeah. you just making coffee at home? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't get that. Like, it's it's like, it, don't tell me you don't want to make the coffee because there's the assistant. Like, it's, it would be, yeah. be much easier for your assistant to make you like a good coffee with an espresso machine rather than to send her out through the three gates and drive to Starbucks <laughs> and then come back through the three gates again. Like, why are you getting Starbucks at all? Like you, you've got an infinity pool on your roof with like what looks like a $3,000 pizza oven installed there. Like, why are you sending somebody out for Starbucks? Why do you need yeah. that? <laughs> like, it's, it's just the way that they, they like seem to like not be able to let go of these, like, like, like um, kind of uh, Americana, little bits of life you know these little little habits is yeah. is really interesting to me yeah it does in a lot of cases come across as like cosplaying as ultra wealthy you know they're you know they're clearly affluent but not you know ultra wealthy like you see on other series like uh, real Housewives of beverly hills and i feel like heather is um probably the she comes across as the most wealthiest in actuality versus any of the others. Um, but she's still not like in the same strata as, you know, someone like Lisa Vanderpump or like Erica Jane Girardi was when she was ripping off or when uh, uh, Girardi was ripping off uh, all these, all these victims. It's, it's, on, it's on a different level. Yeah, I think somebody like Lisa Vanderpump living in Beverly Hills, it would be kind of surrounded by a world where you're expected to have certain like reference of like what the wealthy lifestyle is supposed to be that you have to adhere to, uh, which is silly. But that's like, you know, that's how cultural bullshit works. Like it's like Lisa Vanderpump wouldn't be there sipping a, uh, a Starbucks coffee because right. it's like she's in this world where it's like you have you 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 eat a certain way you drink a certain way because you're in the world of 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 wealth or they're they're in like they're 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 very rich but they don't seem to have this script of what a wealthy person is supposed to live life like so they're like well we're, we're gonna have a frozen pizza and get a starbucks like they're they, they have these same habits that like all middle class americans do and also they go to a bowling alley and are like <laughs> do you have champagne and they say yes 
<laughs> why does this bowling alley have like moe like why <laughs> i guess that's like a very orange county thing to me it seems like because like imagine going to a bowling alley and saying you have a bottle of champagne and they're like yeah sure we've got some of course of course we have champagne <laughs> they're eating chicken wings that look like they came out of a box and they've got like a bottle of moe on ice like it's it's, it's great i just love the like the combination of the two things like of like of of of, of wealth and uh, like extremely um unshowy uh everyday habits what other highlights did you have from this well okay so speaking of tamara's comeback the the, the intro is so yes. great her riding oh, the bike yeah. up the montage of her riding <laughs> the bike so good so the, good yeah the voiceover with like talking about how much of a badass she is as she's like <laughs> biking up in a leather jacket yeah pulling the helmet off it's Amazing. Amazing. Okay, so Craig, since you know the show a lot better than I do, uh, you said that Tamara's a game-changing housewife. Explain that for me. Why? Well, so she came on very early in the the series. So she came on like season three, Orange uh, Real Housewives of Orange County, and there wasn't really this um, this social game to it. Like she was the first housewife that really like strategized and like was using information as currency in the way that housewives do before that it this the tone of the series was was different there was not that um there was not the same sort of social strategy it was a lot more documentarian so she is like the the proto housewife as far as i'm concerned um i mean vicky is an OG. She was there from the beginning and um, she is another one that really set the tone for what a housewife is. But um, that is more what the personality of a housewife is. I think that that's what Vicky really like carved out. But Tamara really shaped the the game of, of housewives and that that uh, ebb and flow of the of the dynamics between between women. I feel like she was the one that carved it out and everyone had to step up their game to match her as after her debut season. Damn. OK. Yeah. I mean, that's that's high praise and makes me want to go back and, and watch all the all the previous seasons. Um, well, I mean, I'm fucking glad she's back then riding back into our hearts on that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. And there's some like, um, like she just, I feel like she's got a really good eye for what good housewife ship should be like. That's like, I don't listen to her and Teddy's podcast all, all the time, but when I, whenever I do, I, um, it's striking how good of an eye she has for like the game and, and what people are playing at. So I really appreciate that element too. And there's some like scenes where you even have seen that in past seasons. Like there's one scene that comes to mind where um, Kelly Dodd has sent this like really abusive text message or voice message to uh, Vicky Gunvalson and Vicky's showing Tamara on her phone. And this abusive message is using one of those Apple like emoji faces of a pig. And so it's just this like this like cartoon pig that's spitting all these vile insults at, at Vicky. And it's <laughs> it's very funny. And Tamara so like cool. ends up like like she's empathizing with with vicky but also like cracking up and she's like okay well that is kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) um one thing i did really appreciate was um when uh when emily uh talks to tamara uh and uh when they're doing like the yoga thing or whatever and and i thought she was just like really skillful the way she talked to her the way like a skilled horse breaker would break in a horse (laughs) <laughs> and, and just being like you know you know we all come from we both come from different backgrounds you're gonna need to break down the bad bitch thing and get to the heart of things just like looking her straight in the face basically like putting mm. a hand on her muzzle and being like all right we're good now right yeah it just seemed like very like skillful horse breaking i was kind of mesmerized yeah. by the way she had the lit situation <laughs> also mesmerized by the way that that she like makes small talk with somebody at a fast food drive through 
through the intercom. <laughs> I know that sounds like a, a, a kind, friendly thing to do, but I think that's kind of unhinged. You don't do that. <laughs> you know, they're trying to be efficient. They're trying to get through the day. They don't want somebody to be like, and how are you today? How are things going? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe she goes through that same drive through every day and it's like a, an old friend at this point. It was, yeah, very familiar. Yeah, in that sense, then it makes sense. I mean, if it, if this is like her usual drive-through employee who she sees all the time, sure. If it's a total stranger and you're just like holding up the line to be like, "So, how have things been? How you hold it up?" Yeah. <laughs> that's really weird behavior. I can even like imagine doing that while your kids are like causing a scene like beside you and in the back seat, like yeah. clearly just like really like kids getting like hyped up and just unruly and being like ah oh, yeah i'm gonna make small talk with the drive-thru <laughs> yeah uh what were your thoughts on the the newbie jennifer uh i feel like we didn't see that much from her yet so i don't really i don't i don't know what to think yet i think she hasn't done much yet right like what did she do that was notable this episode yeah she hasn't really done anything but she got a surprising amount of screen time for not really doing anything i think mm-hmm. like she was introduced um via Tamara at the bowling alley and then we got some stuff at home and then uh she was like hosting an event that's that's a lot for a newbie on their very first episode on the first episode of a season where you've got a returning housewife for her to really not do anything so I was a bit surprised and disappointed hopefully you know she turns it around and um we get a more interesting season from her, but I feel a little disappointed because I, and I know this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but uh, I really liked the rookie housewives from last season of orange County and neither of them returned. Like Hmm. Noella was so unhinged and like just wild and unpredictable. I thought that, she would be a shoe in for another season. And I thought that uh, Dr. Jen last season, and I know she was facing like the most criticism for being boring from the fan base, but she was like very transparent on camera about her uh, relationship with uh, her husband, Ryan, whose actual name is Ryan, but he changed it to Ryan. Well, he just uh, informally. Uh, no, it, I think it was R Y N E is how he, he spells it. <laughs> All right. So, um, good for him. But yeah, I, I am disappointed that they're not back because I thought that they were both good additions and it kind of felt like they were giving the fan base their way just because they weren't super likable. Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll see what Jen does this, uh, this season. Um, one thing that speaking of last season, right before this aired, when I, I was watching on slice in Canada, they were showing the season finale from last season, which, and I forgot about this ends with a performance by the OC reels, which is a band, a fake band that is made up of all the housewives from that season. And such an amazing performance. It is so bad. And like, <laughs> it's amazing. You should, you should watch it. I, I will. I will. It was such a, a great way to end, end a season. <laughs> yeah. They, that, that does sound like the perfect way to end a season. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> instead of having just one person perform, be like, you're all a band now. Who wants to play drums? That sounds great. <laughs> it just sounds like a class activity, you know? Just like this yeah. is the, the end of the school year, we're all gonna we're all gonna put on a show. That sounds amazing. Uh, do you have any other highlights from this? Um, yeah, I mean a little bit. I do want to say that when uh, we get uh, Gina and Heather talking uh, on her rooftop uh, by her infinity pool, I do think it's like. Um, I mean, I know that when uh, when Gina goes off, we get that that classic like she's blathering on edit where we've get the crossfades yeah. between her talking and then uh, and Heather's like, why is she avoiding the conversation? And I want to say that I think that's unfair because I think she's taking the conversation more seriously than you are because she's giving a very detailed answer. I don't think giving a very detailed 
and personal answer is avoiding the conversation. I think it's yeah. like going in depth <laughs> on the conversation. So I thought that was a, that seemed like an unfair reader. And even if we don't know all of what she said because of that bitchy editing choice, but uh, she seemed to be explaining her state of mind and stuff. And I don't think that's like avoided. So I think that's like trying to be honest. So, um, um, yeah. And also Gina and Heather are like the polar opposites in terms of like the wealth strata that they exist in. Like, uh, at least the story that we see of Gina is, you know, she is living in a tiny house and trying to like make things work for her kids. And, you know, she's a real like grinder. Um, whereas Heather doesn't have to worry about that. So the fact that Gina's, you know, grinding it out in the off season and go going to get her real estate license is, you know, that seems like a valid reason to be kind of stepping back and not engaging, especially since the like the status of Real Housewives of Orange County was up in the air for for a while. Like she didn't know if this show was coming back. So she was out there, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make sure that she had some like a, a landing place, getting her real estate license and, you know, so that her family could continue to survive in some some form it makes complete sense that she would be stepping back and yeah weird editing choice to to do this like montage of gina uh blathering on yeah i uh and i I do like the little hint of of class friction and their explanations of uh why gina hasn't been inviting her to things where where heather is like oh like she she thinks that she can only invite me to fancy things and it's not fancy enough like kind of implying like oh she's intimidated by my wealth and uh and and gina's explanation is similar but from a different angle where she's like she doesn't want to go to a dive bar she wants to be invited to a dive bar and then not go to it yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that is actually something that's interesting that i haven't considered about real housewives of orange county is that like you said there is some like class friction that is there like not everyone exists on the same plane of wealth or, you know, money matters more to, to certain people. And that's not something that you see on a lot of franchises, like certainly not on Beverly Hills. Everyone is, you know, playing with a lot of like big stacks of chips. Um, But here everyone's got different, like different stack sizes. And Mm -hmm. um, that, that does lend an interesting dynamic that I think hasn't really been explored in real housewives of orange County, or at the very least I haven't picked up on that, but that's something that I'll definitely keep a watchful eye for. The only other housewife franchise that I can think of that had a similar type of, um, economic playing field was Real Housewives of Dallas, where there was definitely like a huge difference between people at the the top end of the um uh the strata like um Cameron Westcott versus like Leanne Locken who seemed to be living in a much more modest uh house. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that uh, between Gina and Heather because that seems interesting to me too. And it's also that uh, the way that they explain that that thing differently uh, is a neat window into kind of the uneasy relations sometimes between like more like established rich people and people more on the periphery of richness where it's like um, Heather wants the kind of cultural cachet that she can get from Gina uh, from like from her being like maybe closer to like living a cool lifestyle. Right. And, yeah. uh, and uh, where Gina would, would if uh, potentially would like want access to just more money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, and the, the, this, the fact that they can kind of sense that either, either person kind of wants something they don't have can be kind of an uneasy, uh, uneasy alliance. And uh, yeah, and and also like even the rich people uh, do have that kind of nouveau riche thing, like I've been saying, where it's like they're not really living in this like stratified um, 
really fixed world of like a, a rich person culture as i reference and i and i don't mean to like insult them when i say that like i don't want to come off as being somebody like oh they're 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 new money they don't have right. they don't have they don't have the culture that comes with it like no like that's like so lame like like rich person culture is so lame that's uh but it's interesting to me because it seems like more of of like a naked naked wealth rather than like wealth that's uh become part of your culture yeah uh, that you have to like uh kind of defend and define more because you are kind of like you know this is like a, a rich suburb really right orange county is like you're you're in sub suburbia it's, it's a wealthy suburbia but you're in suburbia you're not in like the cultural center you're you're yeah. you're on the the frontiers <laughs> yeah and uh and and uh and your wealth seems like conditional like it's not mm-hmm. it's something that can go away like if you're not yeah, that, actively I mean. maintaining it yeah 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 that's what i mean it seems like like a lot of these people have recently become wealthy and could quickly become not wealthy like it's yeah this so like the naked fact of there being people who are richer and people who are less rich s- seems like more of uh, an actual feature like it's actually visible right yeah so i'm yeah. gonna definitely keep my eye on that uh, as it goes forward uh, another interesting thing that you touched on with the relationship between heather and gina is like this is a very like this is a transactional relationship that you see a lot of like everywhere else. And, um, but you actually don't see this type of relationship on housewives very frequently that I can think of where someone is engaging in this type of exchange of, you know, culture for money, essentially like, Mm -hmm. or access to culture for access to money sort of, thing um but that is something that you see in other forms of media quite a bit um and and in real life as well um so to see this kind of emerge on housewives is interesting because like housewives they all the relationships are transactional in a sense that you don't see in other other places like you don't see the same sort of transactional relationship for the purposes of like um you know attacking someone with information or or whatever like you're you constantly see these transactions between housewives and shifting alliances play out but you don't really see the same type of uh transactional relationship that you would see in real life um, or this sort of transactional relationship that you would see in, in real life on housewives very frequently. So yeah, that, mm-hmm. that is an interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, a lot of butt touching. Just thought I'd say that That's a, <laughs> kind of a point to make just thought there's a lot of butt touching. Um, and, oh, and um, I do like that somebody uh, at the yoga thing is like, uh, has the name tag that they're an intuitive healer. I just like that there's intuitive yeah. healers out there. I think that's cool. <laughs> I think they should expand the intuitive uh, professional <laughs> field. You know, I, I want to be like an intuitive lawyer or, yeah. or like an, an intuitive police officer. <laughs> or people should just claim to be an intuitive professional, not yeah. just healers. That sounds that sounds cool. I can see no problem with it. <laughs> um, there was another moment that I really liked during this, and that was right at the end where they're talking about. Uh, Emily and Gina are talking with Tamara about how she should talk to uh, Shannon. Uh, and then Shannon walks up and overhears. And <laughs> we hear funny, like, yeah. oh, we we broke like rule one. Don't talk shit by the food. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a rule? Are you going to poison the food with your words? <laughs> no, because people come up to the food to get food and you're going to get overheard by someone. If it's not the person oh, that you're talking about. Oh, that's what they meant. About. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. Theory. So even if it's not the person that you're talking about, someone who will will bring it back to them and you're going to leak information that, you know, is obviously very valuable in the housewife game. So um, yeah. that sort of insight into, you know, the, the housewife rule book is mm-hmm. um, is always interesting for me to see. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like how uh, like animals in in the jungle in Africa can't let their guards down around a watering hole. You know, mm. if, if a lot of people are going to be congregated around that, you gotta you gotta pay attention. These are these are laws of the jungle. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna take note of that. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Yeah. 
Uh, do you have any other highlights or anything you want to talk about for OC? Uh, we about covered it, I think. Um, a promising start. Looking forward to next episode when the sunglasses come off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, sure. Uh, I haven't plugged my old podcast in a while, so let's do that here. Uh, if you want to hear me talking about horror movies, uh, because you love both Bravo shows and horror movies, we exist, representation. Um, you can <laughs> find uh, uh, episodes of my show, Mind Over Splatter, uh, probably where, well wherever you're listening to this. Um, I'm on Substack. I haven't written anything for a while, but I'll try to fix that soon. Awesome. That's been Bravo Outsider for this week. Be sure to check out our special Vanderpump reunion coverage. We covered part three. Um, big time team Raquel over here. So mm -hmm. you'll want to check that out. Um, we're also going to release a VR version of that. <laughs> if for some reason yes. you want to watch and listen to a podcast in VR, check that out on YouTube probably the first and only Vanderpump Rules VR uh, podcast that's been released. So we're making history, breaking yeah. breaking, uh, breaking new ground here. VR, uh, VR, let's go. <laughs> but otherwise, you can find us on YouTube. You can uh, listen wherever you're listening to podcasts. Uh, BravoOutsider.com, at BravoOutsider on Instagram. Uh, Bravo Lover 1234 on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, keep on wifing. Bye.